Doctor, have you ever thought about launching an entrepreneurial venture either to supplement your clinical income or maybe even replace it? Well, welcome to the Watch Me Build a Business podcast. I'm Dr. Vicki Rackner, your host. If you had met me 25 years ago, you would have found me as a surgeon in private practice, primarily treating breast cancer patients. For the past two decades, though, I have been a serial entrepreneur. I also coach physicians who want to construct lives and careers and finances that work for them. Now, normally, we're looking through the retrospectoscope. I share the lessons that I've learned primarily through my own mistakes and my successes. But this podcast is a little different. I am about to share with you lessons that I'm learning along the way as I launch a new business venture. Now, this is kind of risky. There's a possibility that I will put a lot of work into this business and it won't be profitable. What I promise you, though, is I'm going to pull back the curtain and show you with complete transparency what actually happens as I launch this business. So I welcome you. In this first episode, I'd like to answer the question, where do business ideas come from? I know that's not grammatically correct, but I'm just going to leave it like that. First, I will share with you where my business ideas come from. Then I'd like to share with you the four kinds of entrepreneurs because these four kinds get different ideas from different places. And I'd like to share a few tips to help you find your business idea. The name of the business that I'm building is called Power Parenting. My son and I plan on collaborating to launch this. The intention is to offer resources for parents as they help their adult children navigate OCD. This business idea comes from where most of my business ideas come from. I face a problem myself. I look for resources. And when I don't find them, I launch it myself. I'm what you'd call a phoenix entrepreneur. I rise from the ashes of my own struggles and offer a helping hand to others following behind me. In the event that it's been some time since your psych rotations, let me just remind you about what OCD is. OCD stands for Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. In it, there is a part of the neural network that malfunctions and offers crazy thoughts that cause 10 out of 10 anxiety. These are repeated invasive thoughts. And usually the way that people deal with a thought is by engaging in a compulsion, some action that will bring the anxiety back down to baseline. Well, every time you go through this cycle of having the obsessive thought and then doing the compulsion, you grow OCD. The goal is to resist the compulsion just lean into the anxiety, and in so doing, you shrink OCD. My son had OCD symptoms for literally years 
before we came to a diagnosis for him. He doesn't have the standard contamination OCD. He has a kind of OCD called moral OCD. So his obsessive thoughts have to do with, am I a good person? His compulsions are offering apologies and asking for forgiveness and getting reassurance. So inadvertently, I helped him grow the OCD by reassuring him. So once I finally figured this thing out, I went and looked for resources to help my son. What I found were some excellent communities for parents of kids with early onset OCD. Clearly, the task of parenting a child in college is very different than the task of helping a five-year-old with OCD. I mean, as kids mature, your role as a parent changes, of course. You know, when my son was five, I was kind of the boss. But as he got more mature and more independent, my role shifted to that of a consultant. So what was the way in which I could best support him in this stage of his life? Further, none of these resources really felt relevant to me as the parent of a college-age kid of a kid in his early 20s. I know the best way to learn something yourself is to teach it. So the collaboration I had envisioned with my son is that I would offer resources for the parents and my son would create a community for people in their early adulthood dealing with OCD. Now, this is a pretty strong incentive for me. I would do anything for my son. My first hitch in launching this business came from my son. He said to me, look, I can't do this. I'm in the midst of OCD crisis on almost a daily basis. You know, I will say that at three in the morning, I really do have imposter syndrome. You know, who am I to be offering information to other parents who have the same struggles that I have? But I've had enough experience to know that even if I were just transparent about my own struggles, if I had shared what worked and what didn't work, I knew that there were people out there that I could help. So I decided to just go ahead and launch it. It's my hope that my son will join me one day, but it's unclear whether or not he will join us. Another contribution that I would love to bring is a shift in mindset about how we see OCD. I would love it if I could inspire parents to understand that their children are not broken. That while we would never wish OCD on anyone, there is a gift inside. The evidence-based treatment involves witnessing your thoughts, choosing the healthy thoughts, Understand that these thoughts create feelings, which then create action. I believe that this process is key for a successful adult life. So I would like to remind people about the real gift of OCD. I personally want to remind parents to be the change that they want to see. So if they can observe their thoughts, if they can choose healthy thoughts, we parents can be a model for our adult children. So in order to launch this business, something that I just did was became a certified life 
coach so that I am able to help show people what's happening in their brain. And I know for myself, I have a lot of feelings about what does it mean to be a good parent when your child has OCD? What does it mean to be a good parent when your child continues to struggle? And what can I do to know with certainty that I'm bringing my A game? Because the only thing that I can control is myself. Learning how to be present with somebody whom you can't fix, well, that's a skill unto itself. And I think that I can help other parents manage some of the issues that I have come to deal with myself. So where am I in my business development right now? Well, I have my why. I want to help other parents of adult children. I'm hoping that one day I can recruit my son. I want to offer the resources that I wish that I had. I want to offer a safe place for other parents to share their stories. And my vision is to offer coaching services to those parents who've struggled with many of the same things that I've struggled with. What does it mean to be a good parent? What is this OCD thing? And how do I manage myself so that I can bring my best self to my relationship with my child. I've already faced some disappointment. I was hoping that my son and I might do this together. I haven't completely given up on that, but I decided to move forward with the hope that my son will join me one day. I've invested in this coaching so that I feel like I have the skills to help other parents and I've also done an awful lot of research about OCD, what the evidence-based treatments are, and um, what we understand about the neuroscience of OCD. All right, so that's where I found my idea for my business. And if I look back on my two decades of products and services that I've launched, it's all been the same. You know, I struggled I found solutions, and then I went on to help other people. So with my Thriving Doctors brand, when I made my transition from being a surgeon to being an entrepreneur, there weren't online Facebook communities for physician entrepreneurs. I had to figure this out, so I went into the business community and got coaches and mentors. And oftentimes, I sort of felt like uh, an alien because business people are wired differently than physicians. So I have learned for myself how to bring my heart of service and my brain of business to launch successful ventures. So I've been helping other physicians do the same thing. So you might be an entrepreneur I call a phoenix. You too may have faced a struggle and you too may have learned and you may have risen from the ashes to help other people who are maybe a step or two behind you. So the way that you find your ideas is ask yourself, what resources do I wish were available? If I had a magic wand, what would I have wanted in the midst of my struggles? The second kind of entrepreneur 
I call the freedom seeker. So this is the doctor who no longer wants to exchange their time for money. So in a clinical practice, there's a cap to how much revenue you can generate, and you're limited by the amount of time that you can see patients. Freedom seekers are interested in leverage. They're interested in finding ways that they can generate revenue while they're asleep, while they are on vacation. I'm here to remind you that your value transcends your ability to treat individual patients. You have skills and knowledge that have wide applications. So if you truly wanted to leverage what you know, maybe you could create an online course for patients dealing with a specific problem or physicians solving a specific issue. The ultimate leverage, of course, is putting your money to work making money. So we think of these as investments. So yes, I have also explored investing in real estate. Right now, I'm moving from my ancestral homeland in the Twin Cities back to where I consider my true home, Seattle. I love this house that I've bought, though. I can imagine, you know, generations of people gathering here in the summer. And so I don't necessarily want to sell my house. So right now I'm exploring renting it out as an Airbnb. I don't know if it'll work, but I'm interested in exploring it. So there are many people who are interested in not leveraging their knowledge and skill but rather leveraging their money to generate passive revenue. The third kind of entrepreneur is the evangelist. So these are people who are passionate about a product or a service or an idea. I know that when I find a great product, I get very excited. I want to share it with other people. Well, you might have a similar enthusiasm about something that you have used, something that's made a difference in your life. And you might decide that this passion might be the foundation of a new business venture. So what are you passionate about? What's made a real difference in your life? The fourth kind of entrepreneur is a change agent. So this is a person that sees a problem that they want to solve or invest resources in a way that will help the world be a better place. So maybe you are passionate about doing something about global warming. Maybe you want to reinvent healthcare delivery. They bring a disruptive idea to the marketplace. And unlike the other three kinds of entrepreneurs, generally the change agent is not a solopreneur. If you want to do something big, you have a better chance of getting there with other like-minded people. In a great book called Rocket Fuel, 
The author shares what he's learned from studying many, many successful businesses. He says that in each business, there are two key people. There is the creator and there is the implementer. So I am a creator. I come up with ideas all day, every day. One of the things that brings me great delight is meeting somebody, hearing what somebody's dream is, and then offering ideas about how to translate that dream into reality. And this collaboration with my son is perfect for me because my son is an implementer. If you are having a hard time coming up with an idea, it may well be that you too are an implementer. And maybe what you'd like to do is find a creator partner who will offer the ideas. There are plenty of ideas out there. All right, so where do ideas come from? They come from your why. They come from your reason for launching this entrepreneurial venture. For me, it's really an exercise in healing, my own healing and helping other people heal. If you're a freedom seeker, it might mean finding that time so that you can do what you want to do when you want to do it. If you're an evangelist, it's about getting this product or service that you're so enthusiastic about into the hands of more people who could use it. And if you're a change agent, it could be that you feel called to make a change in the world. So just pay attention. What are you really passionate about? What magazines do you read? What Facebook groups do you participate in? All of these are clues in where that next business venture might be. Again, if you're feeling stuck, if you're just not seeing ideas, it may well be that you are an implementer. And the way that you can find great ideas is to partner with a creator with whom you would like to work. So I hope that you found this valuable. Please feel welcome to leave your comments below. Please feel welcome to share this podcast with other people who may also want to launch entrepreneurial ventures. In the next episode, what I'd like to do is talk about how to vet an idea before you fully launch into the business. So thanks again, dream big, and I'll look forward to seeing you in the next podcast episode.